Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment, stick around. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yeah, the pun is totally intended. And now, here's your host, the Blind Jesus Freak himself, Mike Calvo. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak podcast number three. Yes, it's me, the Blind Jesus Freak himself. But hey, I'm joined by a bunch of other Blind Jesus Freaks tonight. And uh, we've got a great podcast lined up for you tonight. But first things first, I'd like to thank all of the wonderful people in our live text chat. And we've had a great little get together before. If you'd like to join us, you're welcome to visit us at blindjesusfreak.com. Oh, at around 8.30, 8.45 on Tuesday nights. And we begin the uh, adventure, which is the podcast recording. And then at around 9.05 or so, 9 o'clock, well, this is what we do. Then it gets handed off to Derek, who does the magical post-production and gives you this wonderful little package that you're listening to right now if you're downloading via RSS. If you are listening to us live, you get to hear me stop every once in a while and go, ready? Three, two, one. And we start all over again. We do all kinds of fun stuff. But anyway, that's what you can do. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Tonight we have with us... How shall we introduce her? Christian musical sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Ginny Owens. Welcome. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey. And we've, we've got, we've got uh, Jamie and Lisa here too. You guys there? Absolutely. They're sleeping. Looking forward to no, no sleeping on this podcast. I had the pleasure of visiting with Jenny one other time, and so this is great to be able to visit with you again. You too. Yes, excellent to be here. Enjoyed getting to talk to you prior to doing some preparation and getting set up, and that's been a lot of fun. I've had a, a great time listening to uh, your music and uh, for a long time, and now that we've got you here tied to the chair, we're going to ask you some <laughs> probing questions about your life, girl. Okay, bring it on. <laughs> My life is not all that interesting, so you can ask me anything you want. I think. Sure. Wait. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, you know. Let me pray about that real quick. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah. Let me pray about that. Yeah, that's the default, right? That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> but do tell us a little bit about yourself, Jenny, and just kind of your testimony. And I mean, did you grow up in the church? You know, that kind of thing. You know, I actually did grow up in the church. My grandfather was a preacher. And my father was a preacher as well for a bit. So, yeah, I kind of was born, you know, sort of in the church thing, I guess. And I actually became a believer in Jesus when I was pretty young, about four years old. But, of course, when you're four, you know that you love Jesus and that you want to change your life and accept Him, but you don't really know much more than that, right? So, I think it was just over the course of growing up and especially just that journey uh, that comes when you do have a disability. And like my mom used to say when I was in elementary school, you know, Jenny, there are days that Jesus is going to be your best friend and there are days that he's going to be your only friend. Amen. And I think it was, I know, isn't that good? Good word. That is good. But, um, you know, I think it was just over the course of growing up that I really learned a lot about what that meant to really trust him. And, uh, and unfortunately, as we all know, it's always in adversity that we learn the most about our faith and what that really is and who, who Jesus really is in the midst of that. So 
So yeah, I grew up in church and graduated from college. And I love songwriting, but never really thought I wanted to do it for a living. Or I never really thought I could. I thought everyone else wanted to. And uh, that they probably would be better at it than I would. So I guess I was very surprised to uh, actually be given the license to write songs. I was actually looking for a job as a teacher after college. And uh, I had a music ed degree. And I really wanted to teach high school music. And so learned very quickly that getting a job doing that was going to be challenging, that people were not willing to hire someone blind. Or they were. I mean, I know lots of, of blind music teachers, blind teachers out in, in the world. But just where I was was in Nashville and looking and talking with people, you know, administrators were very hesitant to hire a blind teacher. And so it just so happened that during that time, I was able to share some of my music with a music publisher in town and I certainly never expected to get signed but that's sort of the short version of how that happened
so you would just do like music messing around on the side and you know just playing and writing your own stuff and you just presented it and just got picked up kind of i mean it was a little bit longer story than that but growing up i loved music but i was very shy and and therefore i was not a very good live performer i was always just my voice would shake and i'd get nervous but i did start writing songs at about eight years old and so songwriting was sort of my way of seeing the world and my way of journaling and as for most of us that are songwriters it was just my way of really getting my thoughts and my heart out and whether it was you know, me talking to God about my faith in Him or me talking to God about how angry I was with my brother. You know, it all just sort of works out in songs. So songwriting was very dear to me and music was very dear, but I was a not good performer. And so I uh, I just would have never imagined doing it. And then when I moved to Nashville to go to college, everyone and their sister and their brother and their mother and uncle all wanted to be songwriters. Uh, so I just didn't think it would ever happen. And I think I also had a little bit of a fear, which I know might sound crazy, of the sort of stereotype of, well, if you're blind, you can be a musician because that's what blind people can do. That stopped so me from really playing the piano when I was a kid. It's like, oh, look, he's so cute. Move right. Your head or, yeah. Move your head around like, like Stevie. Yeah, like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yes. My mom has spent many hours telling me not to do that. Yeah. But anyway. So, Stevie's a good buddy yeah. of mine, and oh, he know he's. I've never asked him, but I believe that somebody had mentioned a, a mutual friend of ours had, had said that 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 had become kind of like a joke after a while. It wasn't oh, really, yeah. you know, because we don't all do that, people. Well, right, you know. But let me ask you, what's your life verse? Do you do you have a life verse? Do you think that? Gosh, I have so really, many life verses. But when I was thinking about that, I thought. Maybe I would share the verse that's my life verse this year (laughs) and has been for about the last year, which is in Philippians 4. And I have really been loving the whole first part of that chapter. And I know you guys talked about that on the podcast last week, but I love Philippians 4, 6 and 7 that says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, I just Some days that's easier than others, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. So battered and bruised Pride wounded and left for dead Ears deaf to good news Eyes here drenched in sleepless red Someone searching, searching for someone Everywhere and endlessly Wishing, waiting, could there be someone searching for Someone searching It's almost never easy, but you know, the thankfulness part is what's really been sort of playing in my mind. Just, I'm always asking God for stuff, fix this you know, heal that, make this better. And I learn when I can just sit down and thank him and say, wow, you know, you have done this for me. or You've been so good today just because of who you are. Man, my anxiety just goes away, at least for the moment. So, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the anxiety thing. And we were talking a little while ago about you being a, a high school teacher. When I first heard your music, Matt and I were uh, listening to different stuff at various times. We would work together on Skype or what have you. And I would hear just different stuff that he was listening to or whatever. And one day I, I heard some of your stuff and I happened to listen to, if you want me to, and I liked the song. And then I said, I got to hear the album. 
And I heard the story right before that and realized this is a blind lady. How cool is that? You oh, know, that's cool. and uh, I had no idea. It wasn't like, oh, you got you know, you blind people all got to listen to each other, <laughs> right. you know, and it was awesome. And I was just so blessed by that, um, by listening to your story and how candid you were and just with how much dignity you really told of a story that really must have been very discouraging for you as a blind person. And which is exactly if you've, you've been listening to our podcast, and it's one of the things that we're trying to help the church understand is that we're people that happen to be blind, but we're blind by design. God kind of made us that way. And God is not surprised that we're the way and he uses us mightily right where we're at, you know? And how is it being blind, being in churches all the time in the music industry? Do they treat you differently than everybody else, I guess? Or, or, you know, what what do you find? You know, it's weird. Uh, And it's a little complicated because I would say that the one huge, huge blessing of the music industry for the most part, especially the musician part, like the people that you write with and collaborate with and play instruments with and record records with, man, I can't imagine a more open group of people. I know one of my fears as I got into this was I have a long-standing frustration with the church and just the rejection of the church for not only blind and disabled people, but just anyone that's different. I grew up in a single-parent home and that's more common now, but people just don't like different. I don't know what it is. It's, They're not like us. Yeah, they ain't so nice like us. Find the situation just a bit uncomfortable. You'd rather stay far away from reality. For you to understand would be clearly impossible. So you shut your eyes and swear you can see. Claiming there is a God. Does that mean anything? Condescending to those that you don't understand Just too easy to make them your enemies Like an ostrich you bury your head in the sand And then shout about all the things you believe But if there is a God Don't you think he could see What you really mean What you're doing But you know, I heard a preacher say something once Like, you know, we always want to clean the fish you know, before we catch him or something, and you can't do that. That's but, true. And Jesus cleans them after he catches <laughs> that's them. That's right. Then. He does. And, you know, you don't have to clean off blindness and things like that. That's just we all have to come with who we are. But I think that part, like just the sort of center of the music world and getting to collaborate with folks, it has been a just really special experience. I think going out to churches has been an experience where I get the opportunity to educate people a lot. And I feel very blessed that I get that platform because I know any night that I'm doing a concert, probably half the people that come up to me are scared to death to do it, but they do. And they learn that blind people can speak and we are normal. We're normal people. We're people first. And uh, we're who God created us to be. So, although, wait, I don't know if I should say I'm normal. That might be a little bit of an <laughs> overstatement. But but I do think it's been a journey. Just even, you know, when you travel around and see a lot of different church groups and church bodies, you kind of also get just a feeling of, gosh, there's a lot of people in the church that really suffer with feeling like they don't belong. And, you know, I think it's probably one of the ways that the enemy really keeps the church challenged and sort of separated is that it's easy to sort of not belong or or feel like you don't belong and just kind of want to step away from it and not be connected. So I feel like that part has been more of kind of educating people about, you know, hey, just because I'm blind 
does not mean that I'm less than other people or does not mean that you need to. I was really cracking up uh, when you guys were talking about people praying over you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I think every blind Christian has those stories and probably some that, that aren't. I can't imagine not being a Christian and having someone try to pray over you. But I was thinking about all the bizarre places I've been when people have tried to pray over me. And sometimes it is like when I'm, you know, signing CDs or something after a show and like people will grab my head or and I'm just like, I, I just think after all these years, I'm still, I have no idea how to handle it. And so anyway. Be kind of fun to turn your head and bite them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought it was a sandwich. <laughs> so sorry, I'm, God I'm fixed curious. my teeth, but he didn't uh, fix my eyes. Sorry. Do you have um, some good relationships with other blind artists in the industry? Not necessarily a Christian, but um, have other people reached out to you? Well, um, I'm a good friend of uh, Jana Jackson. I think she's here. She's a wonderful musician. Awesome. Yes. You know, it's so funny. Like, this is only a slight tangent, I promise. But I was doing a radio interview very early in the morning, like 6 a.m. a few years ago. And it was here in Nashville, but I think it was for a Baltimore station. And it was live. I think they were in Baltimore or D.C. or something. And so they get on the air and they go, so, Jenny, you're blind. Now, let's see. Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, do you know them? And I was like, okay, that's a very random question. And, he, and they were like, do you guys hang out? And I mean, I was like, it's six in the morning. I don't even know how to come back from that. No, all blind people don't hang out. Uh, but to answer your question, I wish I did know more blind musicians. I know very, very few. So I only know of Stevie and course we don't have ray with us anymore but even ronnie Millsap, you know have probably friends in common but we don't know each other interesting so. what artists have inspired you i mean you said that you've worked with different folks who either that you've worked with or that just you just like man you know i love the way that they inspire me i listen to them and i love what they do and this day and time it's so hard to say because there's so many different artists but Definitely growing up, I'm sure I learned to write songs from Amy Grant, just her very oldest records, like My Father's Eyes and Age to Age and some of those. I, I, I just that sort of intimate piano, guitar, vocal feel was something I really loved. And then, of course, Debbie Gibson, if anybody remembers her. I do. <laughs> oh I gosh. worked with Debbie Gibson back no, in the uh, 80s, believe it or I not. I did. OMG. O- only in my dreams was the was her yes. track. I didn't work on that track, but that was when she was working. I used to do music, and she worked with Louis Martinet, which is a, a producer yeah. down in Miami. And Debbie was in the studio there with her mom. And wow. she was a very good girl, traveled with mom and wow. young. And, uh, and yeah, Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> I know oh, it's my dreams. I love me some Debbie, but uh, but I'd loved like I grew up uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, in a very gospel blues world. Especially when I was a teenager, every black gospel thing, every rap thing, I knew all of that. So I loved all of that. I mean, gosh, there's just there were you know Stevie Wonder is a huge influence even now. I'm a huge Stevie fan. He's awesome. He is so awesome. But just things from that, from the early era too of, you know, like Earth, Wind and Fire and, and all of those kind of things. I really loved Whit. I was a big Whitney fan back in the day. Whitney was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and so that, that was another terrible loss, huh? Golly, really was just so tragic and so yeah. unnecessary, you know. But, True. 
I think music can drive you to do crazy things, or maybe the lifestyle can sometimes. But when I came to college, the whole kind of alt-folk thing was starting, so like Sarah McLaughlin and stuff like that, um, you know, which has morphed into, you know, Mumford and all these other people now. So I love music, and I, I love just kind of knowing a little bit of all of it. I teach songwriting part-time, some of the time, over at Belmont University, and so, man, my kids bring all kinds of crazy music in that I uh, listen to that I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that music has come this far and is this multifaceted now. Speaking of teaching songwriting, one of the questions that has just come up in the chat room is in the song Without Condition, there's a line so condescending to those that you don't understand. And what is the origin of that line? Well, I actually wrote... A good deal of that first record during my last semester was student teaching. And the semester before, I had 21 hours, 19 of which were gen eds that I had put off because I was a music major. So I wrote most of that record in like my biology and Western Civ classes. And that line, that song was actually about an instructor of mine who was just, I mean, nice enough person I had had the person for several years of classes, but really just was not interested in understanding the blind thing and was not open to, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Like I I remember what inspired the song was um, course schedule by myself for my uh, two semesters of my senior year and taking it in for advising. And without even looking at it, the advisor just sort of recreated everything and just it was a huge several hours of work and you know just all because they assumed I couldn't do any of it on my own and so that was probably the culmination of several things that you know sort of ended up in that song but I do remember those events and just that lack of acceptance and really kind of a lack of interest in hey so what can you do as a blind person I mean you've made A's in my classes that I've taught but what can you do you know that was just not there at all so I will say, though, that that person has since become maybe more open and I guess just even having a little success out of college now, my advisor's like, oh, well, I guess you can do some things. So They've seen the light. <laughs> right. You know, and that brings us to an important thing, because one of the things that I find so important now, and especially about the podcast, but of course, it's young, but in other things that I've been involved in in community in general for the blind right now, I, I grew up having very few mentors. And I think that being able to listen to folks who've been there, done that, like yourself, and have dealt with these challenges, sometimes we feel like such lone rangers. Right. You know, and it's good to hear that others deal with the same challenges, not because misery enjoys company so much, but because it's awesome to know that other people have overcome and how they've overcome and the different attitudes, because you have such a patience and such a peace about you. And I'm sure that, you know, like I said, these have been very frustrating situations that have driven many of us just crazy. And and to hear you speak so eloquently about things that would absolutely drive me nuts and have driven me nuts about our educational system and about folks who are supposed to, you know, mean well, but don't really know well. Right. 
and they end up discouraging us at very important times of our life when, you know, if it were a sighted kid who was 10 or 12 years old and said, I wanted to do X, Y, Z, about, yeah, go for it, dude. You can do whatever you want to do. And for us, it's kind of like, well, you know, you might not want to do that, you know. <laughs> right. It, it, bless your heart. You bless know, and, your heart. And it, 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 yeah. <laughs> But um, when, when did you first perform in public? I mean, when, you know, when did you finally get out there and, and sing for the first time? And, and how did it go? Was it crazy or did you do really well and that kind of thing? Or was it horrible and scary? Oh, gosh. Well, the first time I don't really remember. I was two and I apparently sang the Hallelujah Chorus by directing the choir at church, like Aww. during their rehearsal. And I was very proud of myself, but of course, I don't remember that. So, you know, the first real performance I remember, I think I sang, well, I did sing with the choir growing up at school, but I think the first performance I remember was singing for our Mississippi Council for the Blinds uh, Christmas. No, it wasn't Christmas. It was, it was another, it was maybe their convention, like uh, lunch or banquet or something and I sang several songs from Annie the musical Annie and I was like eight I think and I remember oh. that vividly because I remember telling my mom right before I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw up and of course I didn't but I was so scared and it was always like that with performing I was just always really scared and so my voice would shake until the end and then I'd be like oh that was fun can I do that again but it would happen the same way the next time so So, Jenny, ever since the beginning of the interview, I've wanted to ask you this question, but haven't quite been brave enough. Would you be willing to sing for us one of the first songs that you ever wrote as a young person? Only if you don't tell anybody, because it's pretty terrible. Okay, we won't. It'll be just our little secret here. Okay, cool. Okay, this is a song I wrote, and I just knew, I mean, it was just after being steeped in lots of Amy Grant, and I knew it sounded just like an Amy Grant song. Don't forget the water, don't forget the soap, don't forget the bathtub or you'll have to give up hope. And this is a spiritual part. Don't forget Christ Jesus, he who cleansed your soul, because he's the only one who can make you whole. Yay! You know, if you add some roller skating kind of organ music, I'm hearing shades of Little Marcy. Right. You can, oh, totally, you little, be Marcy. little Marcy for a new generation. Yeah. Well, you got to watch it, man. You know, Derek will take that in post production and just do oh. something <laughs> terrible, make it into a ringtone or something. Oh no. <laughs> well, it's not copyrighted, so yes, you could. Uh, so, it's so not? of your of, wow. of your own songs of of uh, what what would you say is your favorite song though that you that you can look back and say? I mean, I'm sure all of them, you know, at some point or another, have been your favorite. You know, right. but. Of all of them, what would you say is your favorite track? You know, I don't know. I really don't know. I think they're almost like your children. You just sort of have a certain amount of love and respect for all of them because you know how much uh, it took to work on them. I mean, there are songs that I sing often, you know, obviously like If You Want Me To and Free and, you know, it doesn't matter. There's songs that I do in every concert. And I remember when I first started i would just be like oh my gosh if i have to sing this song one more time it's just (laughs) gonna be so terrible and now i respect them i respect that people like them and i respect that people wanted to hear something that i had to say and still not quite sure why but i'm very very grateful for it so it's weird i just i don't really have a favorite I, i know that's that's not a good answer but if i think of what it would be i will definitely let you know 
we put up a poll and we'd be interested to know what those of you in our audience think. I'd appreciate knowing if it's still there. I may have blown it away. If it's not, I can bring it back. But we're asking listeners to let us know their favorite of your albums and we'll share that. Also, a little bit ago, you were talking about acceptance and this, I guess, is a term that's uniquely mine, but I'd like to know if you have a verse of last resort. That verse when, you know, one person after one person after one person has maybe done the equivalent of patting you on the head or acting like you are inspirational because you dressed yourself. And also, there was a question in our live text chat, and that had to do with an interview that this person heard with a popular recording artist, and this person went on and on and really focused more on your blindness than your work as an artist, and uh, I guess the question is, do you see a lot of that? Yes. Let's see. I'm just looking here to see which of my verses I have. I have a list, actually, so I'm just trying to narrow it down. But yeah, I mean, people love to focus on the blindness because it's just so unusual to them. And, you know, if it's an opportunity, if it's sort of a teaching opportunity, that's great. I mean, sometimes really early on, that was another thing that I would say in a way I might have resented that. I realize how much people need to be educated, especially in the church. I mean, I I'm blown away by how sort of skittish church people can be at times. And I know every church isn't like that, but. I live, you know, in the South and people are pretty skittish in general, but especially church people. I, I moved to New York and I was amazed at, you know, even going to church was such a wonderful experience. Everyone was just helpful and like not scared of you. And <laughs> it was amazing. But I do think now when I do an interview or something like that, if I mean, if, if that really is important to people, if they really want to know about the blindness, then I, I'm okay with that. I mean, I really think that people just cannot imagine being blind. They cannot imagine what it would be like to be without sight. And so they just need help putting the puzzle together in any way that you can help them. So that is kind of my perspective on that. And, you know, I think my favorite verse or one of them that I have really uh, loved when it's just the end of the rope verse is uh, in Exodus 14, Exodus 14, 14. And it just says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. There you go. That's awesome. By the way, I, I'm, I'm looking here at my notes and, and I'm saying I can tell your sense of humor by the, the name of your latest album in here. And I'd love to have seen uh, the face of the A&R director or the A&R people at the, at the record company when you said, yeah, we'll call it Get In. I'm driving. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of silly. Well, it was actually what was fun about it was I had some investment partners on the record and it was their idea and they're cited. They're like, what if you call the record, get in, I'm driving. I was like, no way. That's the best idea ever. And, and the reason was because it was a record where musically I was kind of playing around and doing some fun kind of pop stuff that I like. And, but also the whole idea is obviously I'm not driving. It's God saying, get in, I'm driving. So when they said, hey, what if you call the record this? We all laughed for a few weeks. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I have to write a song called Get In, I'm Driving so that people know it's not about me driving, even though that is a really fun idea. So that's what I did. I used to be afraid I'd never figure out Who I was meant to be What I should be about 
seemed everyone else had a secret I didn't know. Guess you could say I was the square peg in a round hole. As the time has passed, I've come to understand. God made them who they are, and it made me who I am. So now I'm lost to the beat of my own drum. Sing out the words of my own song. Give thanks to the one who gives me life. Every day is like a new adventure. I can almost hear him whisper If you wanna take the ride of your life Then come on, come on, get in I'm driving But we have had a lot of fun smiling about that title Having been a person who's driven And I've had a wonderful experience as a teenager Doing donuts on a in a Catholic <laughs> church football or baseball field on good friday it was hilarious that's awesome but uh, and we it was funny because we got stopped by the cops and the cops asked me for my driver's license and uh, registration and when they realized <laughs> i was blind they just thought it was the funniest thing and uh, just decided to drive us all home because my friends were rather inebriated and they were saying that we were just practicing so i could drive everybody home because i hadn't been drinking oh my gosh uh, <laughs> so, so so the that's question awesome. is have you driven Yes, I have. And Here, I know why they the don't let people like me in cars. Because <laughs> I can't remember if it was Lisa or Ricky that has said this on a podcast before. But like, I'd be the one that would get in the car with the broken GPS. Like, I'm not doing the blind driving thing. Sorry. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to try first. But, well, I've driven several times. But probably the m- most humorous time was, let's see. One time in college, I was driving my friend's car. And there were three girls in the backseat. No, there was four girls. There's three in the back seat, one in the passenger seat. And so first we were in a parking lot and then we were on a road. And the problem with being in a car with a bunch of girls is, you know, nobody can really make a decision. So somebody's like, no, turn left. No, turn right. No, stop. No, go straight. So it was very complicated and we almost wrecked a couple of times. And I remember at one point (laughs) we heard this blood curdling scream and my friends looked up and there was somebody staring out of a window down at us on the street just freaking out because they didn't know what we were doing so that was fun were you putting on makeup at traffic lights uh, no i did not i did not try the traffic light thing so oh good good yeah that, i, that's I a refrained good from that but it was definitely. or you weren't texting of course while yeah. driving no i was texting wasn't around yet so it was back <laughs> in the dark ages when i was in school but then when i uh did the when started at Rocket Town, they had a fun, like they thought driving was a funny idea so i think in the first photo shoot i actually drove Michael W. Smith's farm truck around the farm a little bit, but I was so scared because it was big. And I was like, what if I kill people and stuff? So it was kind of more, you know, photographed than, and like barely driven. I think I went about 10 miles an hour, maybe two miles an hour. I've really been getting into his worship album of late. Uh, um, my wife and I picked it up recently. It was a great album. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was an amazing, amazing album. What song of yours do you think has just been really just over the top? I mean, generated the most comments. Everybody, every time somebody sees you, like, oh, I love this song. You know, what song of all of yours? Now, we know that you don't have a particular favorite because they're like kids. But what seems to be the public's favorite? Probably If You Want Me To. And people... It's so inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Bless her heart. Bless Um, your heart. I think, you know, it's like, I don't know, people call it the Valley Song. Or like, they don't usually know what it's even called. But I think just that whole identifying with suffering and, and going through the hard times and just saying to God that 
I'll surrender even in the hardest times. I think that's just a, a concept we can all relate to no matter where we are in, in life. some amazing stories, stories that I wish over the years I could have written down so that I could remember them all. But, you know, stories of everything from, you know, somebody going through cancer or divorce or job change or a move or a fire where they lost their entire house, just crazy stories that I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, what do you even say, you know, except God is so much bigger than 
it's it's neat how God uses each of us in our own way to inspire the people around us and we whether we write songs or whatever it is and so I'm just humbled that people actually um, would listen in the first place, but then that that song would just be comforting and encouraging to them. You know, it was a really sweet thing. I could travel over oceans, cross the deserts, climb the mountains just to share your story, bring you glory and win souls for you. And I could sing like an angel, song so humble and so thankful, full of drama and emotion, so the world would know your truth. I could give away my money and my clothes and my food to restore those people who are poor and lost and down and out. I could succeed in all these things, find favor with peasants and kings, but if I do not love, I am nothing. I could live a flawless life, never cheat or steal or lie, and always speak so kindly, smile so warmly.
got something uh, in the wings ready to come out? Or you, you, what's happening in your uh, career here? You got something happening? I as am far as what's, drowning what's in something? song lyrics right now. Like I'm, uh, We are going in the studio in about three weeks to record most of an album, about six or seven songs. I'm super excited, but super freaking out because I still need to finish lyrics on at least half the songs. And I still need to really finish writing one of the songs. So it's been a long time coming. We've, I've been working on writing for quite a while and I probably could work on it forever, but you got to make a record because you got to eat. So it's time to make a record. So hopefully that'll be out this fall sometime. And I can't wait. I'm so excited. That's awesome. So where can we find you online and, you know, that kind of thing? Where can we find out about where you're going to be performing? I, I don't like using the word performing when it comes to ministry, but you know what I'm saying? Where, where you're going right. to be singing or ministering, whatever you want to call it. Call me politically incorrect. No, that's great. Uh, well, my website is a good place, JinnyOwens.com. If anybody likes using Facebook, my page that we try to keep the dates and things posted on is uh, Jenny Owens Music. And then Twitter is Jenny Owens, and it's G-I-N-N-Y. So yeah, those are probably the best places. That's awesome. You know, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, I've really just, uh, I've been so inspired. No, I, I, I love just hanging out and talking to you. And, and you are a user of SamNet, so that's so cool. Oh, heck um, yes. And system access and, and everything. And I, I love Blink me radio some, and, some SamNet and iBlink Radio. And yes, I've been a Does, it, does it comfort you when you're on the road? It does, actually. I actually listen to Sero Talk a lot when I'm cooking. It's like my happy place. It really is. It's like I can forget about the stress of music right now and I can listen to my favorite people on their podcasts and it's just wonderful. I love it. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the podcast. And uh, please do come back and let us know when the uh, when the album's out. And uh, and you know, we, we'd love to have you back over here and just to talk and set a spell and just visit, as Jamie would say. Just just visit a while. That would be lovely. I would love to visit a while. And if you'd like to visit us online, you can visit us at www.blindjesusfreak.com. You can send us an email to info at blindjesusfreak.com or follow us on Twitter at blindjesusfreak.com. No, wait, that's not Twitter. Twitter is just (laughs) at blindjesusfreak. Oh my goodness, it's just saying the same thing over and over and over again. And the announcer is going to say the same thing in just a moment or two. But uh, do leave us your comments and all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you'd like, you can even uh, send us an MP3. You can do it right through the website and we will be happy to play it right here. And uh, you can tell people, I'm on the internet, turn it up, turn it up. And do check us out. We are here every week. Thank you so much. Uh, We've had a great response from everybody. Lisa, Jamie, thank you so much for hanging out tonight uh, with me and with Jenny, of course. And thanks for all the help. Uh, This podcast would not be the same without you guys. And of course, without Derek doing his final magic. Absolutely. Before we do go, I'd like to share the results of our user poll. It seems that the most popular album, at least as favored by our listeners who are here live, is Without Condition, followed by Say Amen, 
hymns and songs of faith with a good representation of the other music there as well. So a nice wide variety of tastes among our listeners too. Very cool. Wow. Thanks so much. That's really sweet. I'm just glad to know people like music. You know, when you make music, it's always kind of a surprise that people will listen to it, but it's a good surprise. Well, thank you again for visiting with us. And uh, hey, until next week, God bless. Do check us out. And everybody's got to be a freak about something. So be a freak about Jesus. Thank you for checking out the Blind Jesus Freak podcast with your host, Mike Calvo, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment and you made it this far, we see you stuck around. If you learned something, we invite you to add us to your favorite podcasting software and make us a part of your regular biblical studies. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yes, the pun is totally intended, so stop being politically correct, and let's just relate to one another as God's kids. For more information about this ministry, visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and learn how easy it is for you to connect with us and a bunch of other Jesus Freaks on your favorite social networks. Remember, everybody's a freak about something. Join us and be a freak about Jesus. After all, he's crazy about you.